Hey, it's Greg. Thanks for checking out Toronto Today. Very much appreciated. Well, learning loss, education, big topic over the last day or two. Studies from the United States, and I don't know why Canada would be any different, show a lot of concern about learning loss. And every parent that you speak to has a story about how online learning was a failure. Even the teachers admit it. We did what we could do. It wasn't good enough. So let's have that conversation about it right now on Toronto Today. Uh, text message in, uh, I like the story, um, sort of. My son was going to speech therapy before during the pandemic. He went earlier this year and passed. We were exciting, excited uh, for the improvement, but then we're told they have lowered the threshold for words he needs for his age due to the fact that the average child's further behind than they used to be. Um, I'm not surprised. I'm glad that kid's doing well. I'm glad the person's listening and the kid's doing well. This kid will be five in two weeks. So as he writes, uh, now it looks like there aren't as many kids requiring speech therapy when really they've just lowered the threshold. So more kids that would have been getting help aren't. But the stats on kids requiring therapy don't look worse. I worry there's some book cooking there, if you will, in that department. I've said it before. My youngest son um, who uh, I'm not sure he's the most uh, we have an older son who's a lot more sensitive and worldly. And the younger son is very it's a little bit about him. He's 14, but he's very eloquent and he couldn't he his words came really slowly. We'd sit and do the wheels on the bus in speech therapy classes. We did those things. I couldn't have put a mask on him in a million trillion years at age three and a half or four. Not in a million trillion years would I have ever done it ever. Now, I wouldn't have said that about my oldest son, but my youngest son, it stands out to me and all that. Um, but when you see these results, we don't have these Canadian numbers. We don't have the Ontario numbers. We don't have the numbers of how far kids are behind here, but we're going to get them eventually. So again, a big hearty congrats. There were times for closing schools when it made practical sense. And there were times where we closed them because it suited some political agendas. So, hey, if you were part of it, if you wrote a column in the Toronto Star, you're an activist doctor or you're a politician or a teacher's union. Congratulations. Wonderful job. We can't thank you enough. Kids weren't as resilient as you thought. And this this lost year narrative is a very real thing. There's permanent damage and temporary damage from this, and everybody can look inside their own household and know either. That said, the good news, we look like we're going to have a normal school year at the elementary and secondary level. Sheba Siddiqui joins me right now. I I watched a lot of the coverage yesterday. It floored me. I know these are U.S.-based numbers, but Sheba, why would we think it would be any different? You've seen the ebbs and flows in your household of four kids. I've seen them in mine. We hear from listeners all the time talking about it. There's teachers who have their own kids uh, who want to be in class and wanted their kids in class, and they were prevented from doing so. Look, I'm really looking forward to a normal school year. That's the only thing I'm asking for this year. And it's up to us as parents to advocate for that because you know what? No one else is. Our government isn't. That's where they're the last thing. They were the last priority uh, for everything else. That was just kids at the bottom, schools at the bottom. And we don't want to see that ever happen to our kids again. And the fact that they've lowered the standard for kids now in terms of their development, I hate that. Yeah. That's awful. So that's that's the solution. We just won't expect as much out of them. So when they graduate, let's say in grade 12, they won't know as much as kids did five years ago. What are we doing to these kids? How are we sending them off to post-secondary after this? You just can't. I, I, I think the only time I look back and I get it all was the start of the pandemic and 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 going right through until June. But remember when we sat around and there wasn't even online school and we're like, well, how long will this go on for? And 
But but 21, the biggest issue for me, Sheba, is 21-22 wasn't any kind of recovery year. In a way, it was worse because we knew yes. what we were doing and we had vaccines and we had safeguards and we knew who it affected and who it didn't. Kids didn't drop dead on mass. It didn't affect an eight-year-old like it did an 80-year-old. And we just didn't seem to care. Um, and and so closing them in January this past year, uh. all I saw that being was 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 about politics. And then and then uh, people saying, well, I don't think we're ready yet. The Ford government. I got all day to criticize the Ford government and Stephen Lecce for what they didn't get right. I gotcha. But uh, so much the last six months leading up to the election was about politics and schools. And some people, I worry, Sheba, were hoping for a disaster because they thought it would benefit them, uh, benefit them politically. And that's beyond gross. That's not politics. That's not that's not that's not what a politician is supposed to be doing for us. That's wanting to be right. That's right. That's what that is. Wanting to be right. I actually think we're we're past that now. I'd like to think I don't think schools will ever close again. Would you agree with me there? I would. I would. Barring something utterly bizarre. Um, yes. Uh, utterly, utterly bizarre. Um, speaking of back to school, you've seen these signs, and and uh, I wondered whether one of us was going to uh, bring it up, so I'm glad you are. Um, but they're, you know how, like, we've done this in our backyard. I'm usually not home for the start of school, uh, <laughs> lamentably, but, uh, you, like, we always take a picture in the backyard with our two kids and uh, kind of preserve them. But there's signs that, that there's I'm seeing one kid right now who's holding a sign with the little cork boards, basically first day yes. of kindergarten. So why yes. are these a concern to some people? With okay. Signs? So when you post though, you take these pictures of a lot of people do they take the, they take a picture of their kid holding the sign. It's got the kid's name. It's got the kid's school. Um, it's got sometimes their grade, sometimes their teacher, and there's all of this personal information. And then they go and they put it on social media, whatever that social media is. And you don't know every single person intimately that follows you. So what they're saying is that this is actually quite dangerous for predators who can see this picture, can know so much about you, can know so much about your child. Uh, and also when you're not going to be home, they just have to Google that school that they now know your child attends. They know what your child's wearing on the first day of school. They can do a quick background check on on your Facebook or wherever it is to see, you know, what kind of activities, what kind of vacations you recently went on. So if they happen to see this child, they can strike up a conversation and the kid will say, oh, well, this person knew that I was in Niagara Falls last weekend. Uh, so they obviously must know my parents. So th- this is a bad idea to post these pictures. But certain things you can do. Everybody loves that back-to-school picture. You can blur out the information on the sign. Yeah. Uh, you can make sure that there's no background information, like a house number or school logos on uniforms. Uh, you can take pictures without the sign. Just your sweet kid on the first day of school, uh, like many of our parents did. Right? Nobody yeah. needs to know every single detail. And then be careful who you share the pictures with. Because you just you just never know who's following you, who has access to you. And here's a great one that I think I'm going to implement. You can make a family password. So if you have young kids and, you know, there's somebody that's going to come pick them up, or even if the teacher knows and is aware and the kid's not so sure, uh, if there's one family password that you know is a code that you'll know and your child will know, and that'll be the code to say, okay, you can trust this person. So, so there's one family who used the word purple. And yeah. purple is just, as soon as your child hears purple, they know this person is safe. Well, that's so the Brady f- password. You just gave it away. Why, why, now I need a new one before Tuesday. But you're not wrong. For your like, son who's six foot three. I, yes. Right. I'm sure you, well, but I, I was just about to say, there is that age. Your kids get past that certain age where if, if 
uh, a, a person came up, pulled up in a car and said, hey, guys, I'm a friend of your parents. You know, John and Melissa and John works in City Hall and Mel- and and these are the colors of your cars like and, and I'm you know, you're probably conscious of it. I'm con. There's oversharing on social media with regard to your kids. No doubt about it, about where you're going, when you're going. And uh, and obviously what everybody looks like, you know, your dad has blonde hair and he loves the Montreal Canadiens. Like it's so easy to dig in and build a profile. Now, again, I don't feel like there's people driving around doing this quite as much as there is the online stuff. The online stuff feels like that's where the conversation has shifted is how to keep kids safe online, not necessarily walking home from school, but still, it just takes it one, happens, it takes one incident. You got it. That's it. It, takes it happens one in incident. the GTA. It's exactly it. It takes one for you to, and you're right, the oversharing just mm. needs to stop online in all capacities. There's that scene in Fatal Attraction where uh, Ann Archer goes to the school and Glenn Close has taken the, the little yes. girl. To, this is before the bunny gets boiled, Dave, right? That's that... <laughs> I don't want to give anything away if you haven't seen Fatal Attraction for the <laughs> last 30 years. You have 36 years to see it. But she, ta- I think she takes, I think Glenn Close takes the daughter to the X. I do think that's where they were. Oh, I yeah? think they were riding the zipper and they got the ride all day passes. And, you know, you just, you, you got to get Michael Douglas's attention. You're pretty mad about that affair that one weekend. I don't know why I'm speaking anecdotally now, but. And we don't have many places we can go with this conversation. But it's a point that, yeah. you know, there's this uh, people worry about stuff like that.